Welcome to the Formcast. It's been a while, Derek. We've, have we talked since the Giro? No, you went to China. I went to Girona. I popped in a few um, Giro shows with the with Scott on the Velocast. But mm-hmm. we've been like ships in the, in, the, in the night. We've been passing each other each way, and uh, we haven't made, ma- managed to meet up yet. Um, so yeah, it's kind of been a, a long old break. Um, hopefully, we might try and get another show out, maybe in one of the rest days. But yeah, we're 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 back in harness. I can't even remember the Giro, mate. We were talking about it before we started recording. I couldn't even remember who'd won it. Yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to wind you up saying Vladimir Carpets. <laughs> it is, of course, Richard Carapaz, um, who won it beautifully, actually. Never looked really in any danger. Uh, Vincenzo Nibali did a good job of, of keeping him honest. But I think it was a real step up for Carapaz. Of course, he'd been fourth the previous year, so he wasn't a complete outsider just turning up and winning the thing out of the blue. But it was a very controlled ride, and I was really impressed. Yeah, and it was um, it was a different style from Movie Star as well. It was they were on the front foot. Uh, they played Landa very perfectly. You know, um, he admitted himself that if he had a, had a better time trial to start and was better placed earlier on, um, he may have had a better result. But still. Um, they played him as a perfect foil and I think uh, Nibali was concentrating too much on Rogic and others and mm. Carapaz just he didn't steal it he was the strongest man in the race uh, he rode very well and anytime any pressure was put on him he was there and there, there wasn't a crack to be seen so you know doff of the hat there I think he rode, he rode a, a perfect year and deserved to be a winner and you know still with a good few years ahead of him and I think we're, we're beginning I think we'll actually see this year a real changing of the guard in terms of the GC guys. Richard Carapaz could be one of the guys we see fighting for victory at the Tour next year, you know, because it's entirely possible that Chris Froome will, will never come back to top-end competition. I was saying to Scott that uh, with his injuries, I'm sure his competitive spirit's willing, but his body just may not be up to the task. So, I mean, we might have this might be... Or the last two defenders might be the last one we see Chris Freeman. Geraint Thomas, assuming he performs at the level he did last year, uh, will be a, a worthy contender for this year's tour, but he's not getting any younger. And meanwhile, you've got these guys like, you know, like Bernal coming to the fore and Roglic, who have got many more years in front of them. And Carapaz might be part of that mix in years to come. I think it was a classy win. Yeah, I think it was. And I think, like I said to you, it's... Um... How they how he won it and how they they rolled was very different from what we usually usually see in the Tour of France, so it's it looked like a bit of a blueprint for a movie star on how to execute. So it's going to be interesting to see how they they play this out now this time around the Tour of France. Again, going back to your point, no Froome, you know Nibali just there making up numbers stuff like that. So the 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 top end quality that we're normally used to at the Tour of France isn't there so it could be uh, an opportunity for a movie star just to to take the fight up to Ineos and other teams and uh, kind of blueprint from the, the Giro across and um, make a difference but yeah I suppose that depends on the riders and you're looking at Quintana and you know Landa uh, and Valverde yeah they're just it's not the same quality is it <laughs> no, well let's 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 move on to the tour because uh, as I say, I, I can barely remember the Giro until you prompted my memory about it. Fifty years ago, Eddie Merckx won his first one, so the first two stages are, are devoted to Merckx. Um, they passed through his village on both the first and the second stage, and he got just an unbelievable ovation at the team presentation. 
just a, you know what, an hour or an hour and a half ago or something uh, where the ovation was just absolutely stunning so we had some lovely um, montages of Mercs from ASO and we know how much the Belgians love their cycling you know we know that they will be out in just unbelievable numbers and support the teams and the teams there are quite a few guys looking really, really fit. And by that, I mean Alejandro Valverde is looking possibly the leanest I've ever seen him. Egan Bernal, we know, is informed from uh, from Suisse. Uh, even Richie Port. I saw a picture of Port where I thought, you know, he's, he's actually looking like a Grand Tour contender in terms of leanness. Of course, I'm sure he'll find some way to, to throw it away earlier on. But I think the thing's wide open. I mean, everybody in their granny is picking Egan Bernal, and I think that's the smart money given the form. Yep. We don't know what Thomas is like, because with the crash, we were robbed to see if his form was comparable to that of his teammate. But I think there's probably 10 folk who, if everything fell the right way, and they got a following wind, could win this Tour de France. I think it's the most open for years. I definitely think so. I think there's probably two factors outside of the riders that will probably have a big effect on it. Quite possibly, the heat wave across Europe at the moment could affect a number of the contenders. Mm-hmm. Pino doesn't like it that warm um, and the other thing as well is the altitude um, there's quite a number of finishes that are above or that there's, there's quite a number of, of stages that dip above 2000 meters and it's not that they're you know they're up there for 20 30k but it's just it's a day on your limit and it's just those last four five k that they're probably not used to or maybe the t- last 10k and that could be the two minutes that you lose the tour over or the eight seconds that you lose the tour over or, you know what I mean? So th- those are the, t- the two things. I think for for um, for French interest, there's, there's you know, uh, Bargui is going very, very well. I French champion. Yeah. Uh, um, Kofidis have come in with a team um, that look as if they, they might try and do something rather than just be Kofidis and just be there. Um, as you two are, they're you know they they, they could throw up a, a stage or two and um, Bardet is, is coming into form I I, I, I and there's I a couple of stages that I think really suit Bardet you know the kind of sniping yeah. with a technical descent at the end that would suit him as much as it would suit the likes of Vincenzo Nibali if he's in form isn't the stage on Bastille Day into his hometown Mm-hmm. on his home roads yeah so and there's another stage that finishes on Pino's home roads and stuff like that so there's there's very much a, a French I know it starts starting in Belgium but there is very much a French flavour to this this Grand Tour and as you said if the weather turns right and if someone gets a good wind there could be a, was it 85 is the last French win yeah Bernardino in 85 yeah one of my favourite tours of all time um, and Lakeep have been going big on the fact that Bardi and Pino are, are genuine contenders this year, particularly once Froome was out of the picture. I think of the two, um, I had a rush of blood to the head when I did the Velocast Tours preview with Scott yesterday, and I chose Thibaut Pino as my winner. And I genuinely think that for a rider like Pino, weather notwithstanding, because you're right, you know, he could fry if you have the 44 degree heat that we've seen in France in the last week. But notwithstanding that, this tour suits him uniquely almost as much as 2012 suited Bradley Wickens. Yeah. You know, if you were going to design a tour parkour for Thibaut Pino, you wouldn't be far off this. No, no, it's it's kind of up and down and it's, uh, um, it's that sort of, yeah, that 
Rouler, Britney stages, you know, and the Vogue reasons where he's from. Like it's kind of, yeah, there's a lot of days where it's up, down, in and around, left, right. And it's, you know, it's not the particular, right, 20 minute climb, uh, sit at, sit at threshold. You know, it's not that sort of stuff. And these are the sort of stages where you can get 20 seconds, 30 seconds. You can nick stuff here and there and, and build up and build up and build up. And suddenly you've got four minutes and you can, you can you can control it. However, the one thing I will say about FDJ is having seen how they lost the points jersey in the Giro, I I can't see them controlling a, a stage in any way, shape or form without losing their heads and doing something completely French and managing to lose the jersey somehow. Yeah, I mean, there's some good riders in there. You know, Rudy Mollard... Uh... Damien Gaudu, uh, you know, Stefan Kuhn, who still confuses me being in a, an FDJ jersey. Uh, but you're right, I don't think they've got the coherence that you're going to see, particularly from Ineos, and that we saw from Movie Star at the Giro. Yeah. So I think if he is going to do it, he's going to have to essentially use other teams in the place of his own team to control them. I'm sure we'll see them come at the front if he does have the jersey. And, and that but I think ha- he'll be using other guys as much as his own guys. And that quite often happens uh, in the tour, that you will see a rider riding for eighth. You will see a rider defending a white jersey. Silly stuff like that. You will see movie star defending the team classification for no apparent reason. So if, as you said, uh, if they're very smart, if they, you know, if they leave a rider that's an 11th, up the road and suddenly that the guy ninth eighth is he's a minute up and I'm or whatever else you could see other teams riding there for no apparent reason that you don't really understand but only emerges later but yeah he they have to be smart and they have to look at stuff like that but again to do that they need the strength in numbers to control the brakes and to keep an eye on them and patrol them and stuff like that and yeah to your point I, I don't think they're as strong as say Ineos even Jumbo Visma or even movie star to control that sort of stuff but yeah I, I do think you, you wouldn't be far wrong saying there could be a French French winner this year I tell you Jumbo Visma have impressed me now let's let's take a wee look because one of the big bits of news that came out this week was that Mark Cavendish isn't being taken by Dimension Data Oh, it's, uh, it's just it's just a pity you didn't start off with one of the big sprinting uh, faux pas that the best sprinter in the world doesn't, didn't go to the, the, the tour and I was going to say yeah Sam's at home alright uh, well Sam is at home which is uh, it's a fucking disgrace if you ask me um, you know won the Irish Championships which is just the, the icing on the cake for him for a season which is he's really shown that he's one of the class riders in the field now yep. and if you look at the guys who are there I mean yes We've got some classy riders like Caleb Ewan, uh, Dylan Gronavagan, um, you know, Viviani. Elia Viviani, I think will do, be really motivated to do, do a good race. But this is, for me, I mean, I don't know if I'm being unfair, probably the least exciting bunch of sprinters I've seen in a tour for a very long time. Yeah, and I think there's, there's probably only a handful of stages. There's probably only a, a, maybe four or five straight up sprint sp- sprint stages. And you, you could see uh, quite a few of the... the Sprinters doing a, what they did, the Giro are doing a Cipollini and kind of like, hey, I, these are the first three or four stages or three stages are, that, right, there's only two more stages left over two weeks. Good luck, I'm going on my holidays. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, you've, I know you've got Sagan, you've got um, Matthews there as well, and I, I would... Sp- I could probably yeah, see but Matthew's saying he's not been allowed to do any sprint training all year because the team needed him to be a mountain domestic for Tom de Milan. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? 
No, it's mental. Because, I mean, they're, there you're looking at a genuine contender for the green jersey. Yep. And I've seen people talk, talking them up for the green jersey today. You know, people that normally I respect. So either Matthews is bullshitting and we'll see him actually take it to Sagan because he's one of the few guys who can stick in the kind of hillier stages where Sagan tends to hoover up the points. Or he's telling the truth and he'll have nothing in his legs when push comes to shove. Yeah, and um, to throw another um, kind of spoke into the wheel... Um, We've we've got another one from Jumbo Visma, Van Art. He he could be another one that could be there. You know, they could split it out. Uh, yeah. Gwen for the the true sprint stages and Van Art for the, the lumpy stages. And if Van Art takes the fight to Sagan Matthews and scalps points here there, uh, and you know he's mo- he's mopping up those the, those hillier points, it could keep someone like Gronagan in the in the green jersey. Um and again, like you like you said, you know, no Gaviria there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a. Normally, when you when you get to the end of the tour, you know, the stage the stage into into Paris. I know you're not a fan of that that procession and all that sort of stuff. It is the Sprinters World Championship for me, and yeah. you, you normally like to see the best of the best there. And I, I don't know if you ever seen them this year, and that's bit that's been the same in both Giro and and Tour this year. I think, um, quite a lot of both GC contenders and sprinters have failed the fire this year, and I, 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 it's been a bit disappointing from that end. I think what we're realising now is what a golden age for sprinting we've been living through. You know, you've got Calf, who I, I, I would argue is the greatest sprinter the sport's ever seen. There are other contenders, but I think he's he's worthy of being considered up there. Yeah. Marcel Kittle, for all that he's away with, he's, he's head up. God knows where, and you know, needing to refine himself if he's ever going to come back as a force in the sport. Andre Greipel's still riding, but he's a shadow of the rider that he was. You know, with those three guys and a few others going head to head, what a treat we've had for a decade, decade and a half. Yeah, yeah, you know, we've had, um, and you know, there's been no, there's been no f- f- final shootout either. You know, there's yeah. been, you know, there's been no real kind of. Right, that's the changing of the guard there. You know, it really is. Um, Greipel is just kind of. I know he last year and the year before he had he'd um, his mum had health problems, so he wasn't really uh, concentrating on that much. But he's he's, you know, this year what's his what's his only win that tropical umbongo in West Africa. You know, and Cav. I still think that sounds racist, mate. I know it's actually what it's called, but it just sounds wrong to me. I know. We used to have a juice called Bongo. Bongo. Yes, I know. Um, and Cav, I, I really think Cav. I know he was sick. I know everything else, but I really just think he made a rod for his own back this year. I know his his main goal was a Tour of France, but I think he needed to show progression along the year, and he needed to be finishing races. He then, after finishing some races, he needed to be contesting sprints. If he was finishing tent, he was finishing tent, but he needed to be shown progression. And in Slovenia, he was getting shelled and he was getting dropped and he wasn't contesting and this and that. And that's quite close to where he should be. Or, you know, he shouldn't be getting shelled in those sort of stages if he's in the form to be riding the Tour of France. And again, at the, the championships, um, he didn't have a good ride. So it's, it's a bit of an ignominious end for him, really. Um, well, you can I, I think Dimension Data would have been mad to take him. I've had quite a few Velocast subscribers saying to me, and I can I can fully understand this that he would have generated column inches, so he would have you know given the the team publicity, and that uh, you know it would have been nice to see him take a lap of honour around France. 
that team are in real trouble. They yep. need wins. They need points. They have to take, you know, anybody that gives them a snowball's chance in hell actually winning a stage. And they've got Eddie Bosenhagen, who for me has looked a wee bit resurgent this year. Yep. Having a grumpy, demotivated Cav in the team might have generated column inches, but wouldn't it have helped them find a future sponsor or, you know, more money or whatever they need to carry on in the future? No, and as well as that, um, I heard a comment from one of the riders in their Giro team that they were struggling to get into breaks. And, you know, you see uh, Swiss Tony with riders up the road every day in the Giro. And I think that in this tour, they need Steve there. They need Cummins there. Even if he's only in the break for five or ten minutes with him, he needs to get those young riders into that break and tell him what to do and how to do it. And then whether he blows his lights or whatever else and goes back, that's okay. But I, I, I 100% think they needed someone like him there because they need to get they need to get bodies into breaks every lumpy stage just because the, the break might stay away. They, they are... They're a wanted group Gobert of the World Tour. They need to be in those breaks. They, they don't have the quality to be chasing full-on mountain stages. They don't have uh, an Alaphilippe. They don't have uh, Rafael Mica, quality rider, that can that can win those sort of stages. Yeah. They don't even have a GC guy that you mentioned just because you're being polite. No, no. Do you know no. what I mean? No, no. They don't have someone that's going to be top 12, top 15 there, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and I think... For me, I, I I think yeah, definitely they they should have. I I would probably would have brought Cummins anyway, yeah, because they just need to get into those breaks. And he Cummins may not be in the form or that may not have the legs to finish the stage anymore, but he needs to get that other rider, that other dimension data rider, into that break and get him away up the road. Um, and I think yeah, this is this is their kind of last gasp. Gasp. I would not be surprised to see Dodo have folded the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I thought really last year after they they, they got a a Vuelta stage win that they they try and kick on. Um, Valgren has lost all shape or form since he went there. Um, and actually, I I was actually more surprised that Valgren got a slot a slot this year. Um, for the tour, considering what he's what he's done to start of the year, which is at the square root of nothing. Um, mm-hmm. and I just I I really do think they're in a desperate desperate place. And the problem is, for some a team like that. Losing becomes a habit, really becomes a habit, and becomes. Well, look at education first. Education first, as is. They, you know, they they couldn't have won a raffle for two years. No. And it did become a habit, but once they broke that habit, look at the ones they've had this year. Look at the morale they've been riding on, and maybe Dimension Data can do that because Steve Cummins is in kind of half decent form. He did a good ride in the UK Time Trial Championship. Um, and as I say, Eddie Bosenhagen is looking more like he's enjoying racing again. Yep. So I really hope we see them come to the fore. You know, I love the work they've done with the the charity. You know, the the awareness they've raised for Africa. But I genuinely can't remember more than a handful of times I've seen them at the front of a race all year. And then I only noticed them because they they had BMC on their arms, and I thought, what are BMC doing here? <laughs> you know. Speak, speaking of a, a, no, a nowhere team. Um, Katusha Alpeson, they've come with Zacharin, who's just come out of the, the Giro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, Debuchery, uh, who I don't I don't know what they're they're an answer looking for a question. I I just don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't they're a team. I don't know what what to make. I know Alex Dowse is there, Charlie Tanfield's there, and it's, you know it looks like a, a nice team, but. 
yeah. what are they going to do with this this tour? I think I think unless they manage, I can see Alex doing well in the the, the time trials, um, and he he actually did a decent ride in the British Road Race Championship as well. Um, Rick Zabel's a developing talent, you know. Although he's never going to be his dad because he's, no. he's he's too nice. And Niels Pollitt, I mean, there's talk that they're going to focus the entire team around Niels Pollitt's development as a, a classics rider in the years to come. So they've got riders there, but they're one of those teams like CCC. When you look at the money they've got, you look at the staff they've got. Why the hell aren't they winning more stuff? Yeah, you know. It makes no sense, and I don't expect them to win. I expect us to see Zakarin at the front on quite a few climbs, but then crash or do something stupid and lose time. You know, I I don't expect to see them be a force in the race. No, no, um, and I agree. Uh, CCC really do look like a, a budget version of BMC from a few years ago. Uh, and Van Aberant this year looks as if his head has fallen off a bit. Like, you know, in the early season classics, he was huffing and puffing, but when the, when the brakes went... He just, it's not that he missed, not that he didn't have the legs to get him. He was actually asleep. He was in the wrong place. He was doing the wrong stuff. Just like someone, like the head wasn't on, switched on. And that kind of just reflects the whole CCC thing. Uh, they just don't look as if they're switched on. I, I'm not sure what they're doing. I'm not sure who's riding what, whether someone's riding for GC, for points, for sprints. You know, it just, it, like I said, it, it seems like a jigsaw with pieces and none of them fit together like... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think their best chance at a stage win is actually Lawrence Tindam getting away somewhere on a climb or something, uh, you know, without having to look after Tom de Milan now. Um, Greg Van Avermaet, you're right, he's been racing like he used to race when he was second all the time. Yep. You know, the legs are there, but the brain's on holiday somewhere, yep. which um, makes no sense. So we've talked, we've talked about sprinters. We've had a brief chat about the green jersey, and I, I really do think that's nailed on for Sagan, unless a combination of others manage to rob him with significant points. We have to talk about the GC guys. Um, yep. Everybody and their granny is saying Egan Bernal's going to win. Untested over three weeks, but I think he's the real deal. This might be the year where we see... Actually, I was going to say... Like, 97 was a year when we saw Jan Ulrich take the Tour de France yep. in such a fashion that I thought we were seeing the handover of the crown from Miguel Indurain with Bjarne Larisi's 96 win just being a kind of small well, transitional blast. period in the middle. Yep. And I thought we were going to see uh, Jan win you know, year after year after year. And then 98 happened, which we all know what happened, and then he who must not be named happened. And Jan liked the pies too much in the winter. But he had that sense in 97 that you were seeing a breakthrough talent that would define his era as Indurain had his. This might be the year where we see that with Bernal. I mean, he is the complete package for me. And Suisse, I mean, he's in a team which is fairly or unfairly criticised for being conservative in its racing style, although very effective. But Bernal, he just attacks when he wants to. You know, he's a hugely exciting rider to watch. Decent time trialist, amongst the best climbers in the world. If he can get through three weeks, I kind of understand why so many people are naming him his favourite, even though he's got last year's winner, Geraint Thomas, in the books. I agree up to a point. Um, and I think my problem with Bernal is this. 
any of the Colombians that I've seen coming through over the last year, a couple of years, uh, Quintana, Chavez, or you know, South Americans, Chavez, um, not necessarily Carapaz, but Apatuma, a few others, they've come through and th- th- they're a massive breakthrough. And then they fizzle. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's um, true. I mean, it's definitely true. I mean, what he has to do is confirm the talent that we've all seen he's got. Yeah. And I think with 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 this, um, he has he has the skill set. He has the he has the ability. He has the tools at, at at his hands to do this to to win this this Tour of France. I hundred percent agree there. But I'd be wary of saying he's, he's the, the new Messiah. I I'm, I'm very wary of him plateauing and just not progressing. And even to a lesser extent, if you look at Gaviria, mm-hmm. without without doubt, the fastest sprinter in the world. Do you think he's won enough? Do you think he's won, do you think he's won like Cav over the last mm-hmm. few years? No, I mean, he's had periods where he's looked like that. That Giro he had was absolutely magnificent. Yeah. But there hasn't been the kind of sustained thing that you had from, from Cav in his prime. Yeah. Um, and I, to be fair, a, a big bit of that calf thing was high road. Yep. You know, he, he had the, a, a better team even than Cipollini had at Saeco. Um, You know, had, that high road team are arguably the best lead out train we've ever seen in the history of the sport. But I, I, Gaviria has been, there have been pits and troughs, you're right. And, I, and, and not to go back, but like that that's reflective across quite a few of the Colombian, South American guys. And I just, I, I'd like to see Bernal... I'd like to see him finish third in this this tour, go on, win, and then win a couple more. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd hate for him to see him win this one, and then ah he's in the Giro, he finishes fifth, he's in the tour, he finishes second. You know, if if he doesn't put together a good run like that, I think, um yeah he could very much plateau. But yeah, like to come back to your point, I I do think it's it's. It's hard for me to understand that he's nailed on favourite because he has never competed for uh, a, a, class, a classment like this over the three weeks. Yeah. He's done he's done one week stuff. He's you know he's rode strong over three weeks in 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 support of someone. Yes, but has he done this? And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think yeah, the thing is then where's Thomas in this? Um, and we. Well, that was my next question. Thomas today was, what was it he said? He said, even if last year's tour win shows I'm just a you know, one-trick pony, it's still a hell of a trick, which actually doesn't seem like the kind of talking that uh, I'd expect from someone who's who's there to perform you know, full gas. But you can never tell with Thomas because he's got that sense of humour. Yeah. You know, that even he says things without really... Not without thinking, but his mouth works a wee bit quicker than his brain, and he doesn't self-edit it very much sometimes. No, and I do think um, he's he's maybe not from the same cloth as Wiggins, but he's from a similar enough cloth where he will say throwaway remarks just to take the piss and yeah. same same deadpan um, and leave him off and kind of chuckle at him later. But yeah, I suppose. <sighs> You know, look, uh, I I could see Ineos winning the team time trial. Um, Although Sky never won a team time trial on a Grand Tour, that I can remember. I could be wrong. Yeah, uh. but... Uh, well, 
I, w- I would say I would say the team time trials between them and Quickstep possibly. And Mitchell and Scott maybe. Are the three that I've got. I've got Quickstep, Mitchell and Scott and and Ineos is my, my top three on that day. And we will see some gaps. And yeah. It'll be a good early indicator of form, I think. And um it could it it could change the landscape as well because for example if um Nibali loses two minutes and it's quite a lot in a team time trial. Just as an example, he probably could he, he could go two ways. He could go right. I'm going out for I'm going out for the polka dot jersey. Mm-hmm. And I'm going I'm going to go out and bust this race up, or he could just throw the hands up and say I'm going home. You know that. You know, and if he if Vincenzo's in the the mix, I could see him. <sighs> He's he's the joker of the pack, um, and that that things like that are going to be interesting to see how they play against Thomas and Bernal. And if Thomas has seen this sort of stuff before, he can be a little bit more calmer. He can be a little bit more sanguine, right into it, and understand that he's been there. He's seen the Tour of Francis. He's done Bernal's role. He's become the he's had to fight someone to become a leader, and now you know he's going in as a Tour of France winner how Bernal reacts to that sort of stuff will be interesting. If he starts covering attacks, if he starts panicking, if he starts riding down riders in the first week, 10 days, what's it going to be like in week two, week three? You know, and that they're the things that, you know, he needs he needs to grow into and he needs to learn how to do. Uh, and look, maybe he may have super legs. He, he might, none of it might take anything out of him. But at the same time, all Thomas has to do is just hold his wheel, hold his wheel, hold his wheel, and it'll be interesting to see then how they fare fare out in the the time trial. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. Thomas is a closed book for me. He's the great unknown in this. Yeah. Because you know he hasn't won in the way that t- typically um, the form the team formerly known as Sky have performed as the season progressed. Whereas you know Bernal arguably has you know he's he's had that 95 percent of his form thing that they always talk about building on thomas i've got no idea he looks lean which is good because he didn't for much of the early season he's making good noises um the team have made them joint leaders which i think will actually motivate thomas a wee bit you know he might almost take that as an insult and he's got a bit more experience but how he goes i think will determine bernard's role you know, if he can show Bernal that he's as good as him and better in the time trials, I think Bernal's young enough and, and sensible enough that he'll settle down into the kind of role that Chris Froome actually did for Geraint Thomas last year. Yep. You know, where he just he settles down in support and realises that his time will come. Where they could lose out is if they're both almost equally good and it confuses the team in the way that we saw, you know, last with, with Froome, or Froome and Wiggins, actually. You know, where yep. Froome was... Almost ready to attack Wiggins. Wiggins says he's going to go home. And if he does that, I think it opens the door for some other guys. And the other guys, Adam Yates, I think he's, for me, he's less of a complete package than his brother, although Simon had a disappointing Giro. But, you know, his brother's riding with him. That's a formidable duo for Mitchelton Scott to play. So I think, you know, they've got some cards to play. The French, Bardet, I think the, the team aren't there. I don't think he's shown the kind of form that would indicate to me he's a genuine top step contender. But Thibaut Pino, I think, you know, with reservations about the weather, he's kind of in there. 
And there's a whole bunch of folk like Richie Port who have got the class but have been fragile in the past that could perform. Who do you think is going to come out on top after the three weeks? Easy question. I don't know because there's other riders there we still haven't even mentioned. Like I know Dan Martin, um, he doesn't really have the squad that he needs, but he really hasn't needed anyone to do that sort of stuff for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's it's the sort of it's a sort of tour that suits him. And quite often he's lost his place through sheer dumb luck. You know, punctures at the wrong place. Richie Poor taking him out in a crash. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you're right. Dan, I think, is running out of time. I think um, this is. I think this is the last roll of the dice for Dan. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I could see. Stephen Kreuzweg from Jumbo Visma. Jumbo Visma have impressed me in their transition to Grand Tour supporting team. They have, uh, and they've got a. They've got a good. You know, Kreuzweg, Van Aert, uh, Bennett, Tunison. Uh, Tony Martin, Deplus, you know they've got a they've got a good a good strong squad. I actually think I think they're a little bit too thin. I think that they should have probably brought their if uh, their if the Giro was their target this year, they should have brought everyone to the Giro. They should have brought Kruzik. They should have probably brought Bennett, um, uh, and they should have gone full guns for the Giro. Um, I know they're they're very much in the image of Ineos, and they're they're trying to do that thing where they they they're competitive at it, at all of the Grand Tours. But I think for them, possibly winning one Grand Tour would be better than being third at three Grand Tours. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they are. Uh, you saw last year when uh, Roderick and was it Kreuzwick, mm-hmm. the two of them went at uh, Thomas and Froome, and they are they are a team that will take it to to Team Sky um, and they still had riders around them which a lot of the other guys didn't and that's important yeah they did and they, they rode for one another and they rode together and I know uh, Roger kind of had put himself in a bag for the TT the next day and, and it kind of came back to him but like they, they yeah they, they, are, they, they will be a factor and I suppose again we've mentioned Nibali there could he be a factor I don't know um, very early on, you could see that he could try and lose time just to try and be competitive in the mountains later on. Um, and I suppose, yeah, the, the, Mitchell and Scott are a strong team as well. Um, and again... Let's go t- to movie star. Right, let's go to movie star. Alejandro Valverde looks to me in the form of his life. He's incredibly light. I think he's going with intentions. But there's too much over 2,000 metres for him. Yep. You know, the Caldies are ants, what, 2,770 metres? Yep. Valverde's going to explode. And, you know, I, I don't think he'll be a factor unless he suddenly turns around that curse of 2,000 metres that we've seen hit him again and again and again and again. Nigel Quintana, I was saying to Scott, and it really pains me to say this, looks like a man riding for the money now. You know, he doesn't seem to have the fire in his belly that's the mark of it, and not just because of his impassive face. There's just no sense of urgency about Nairo. And I fully expect to see him attacking that vicious final weekend, you know, with the two short, hard mountain stages. But it'll be the classic, too little, too late. You know, he he might rise up from fifth to third in the GC, but he's not going to take the top spot. And Lander, he showed a lot of class in the Giro. But, you know, we've seen what happens when folk ride the Giro in the Tour in the same year. You know, Landa, 
there's going to be another move at some point where he, he tries to find a team that will support him solo. I'm fully expecting to see the Freelander hashtag all the way during this tour as well. I think Movie Star, are, you know, there's just too many cooks. Yeah, and the, the problem is that the cooks aren't good enough as well. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not at Bernal and Thomas. They're not at the two Yates level. Um, and uh, yeah, like you said about Quintana, he'll he'll pull back a minute, minute thirty. But he should have pulled back. He should have had to go at four stages, pulling back twenty seconds, thirty seconds, or get gaining twenty seconds, thirty seconds here and there. And yeah, it's kind of a bit. It's almost a bit Chiapucci or Veronque esque. He, it's a bit panache, you know. He's putting on a show, but it's too little, too late, and doesn't matter for anything. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, as you said about Valverde, I just think there is too much above two thousand meters for him. But at the same time, he's a sort of rider that won't lose a second until the legs fall off. Mm-hmm. And he, he's a rider that can hide, will be out of the wind, and won't miss a split on any of the shitty stages or any of the early stages or anything like that. He won't miss a, he won't miss a, a split. Um, yeah, and I could see, you know what? I could see Valverde in yellow at some point during the race. No, I, I definitely think so. I, I definitely think so because he looks in, in absolutely great form. And there's a lot of those in between stages where he could, he could, you know, snatch some of those weird bonus seconds they've got in the middle of the stages or something. And just take enough time to, you know, to get into the yellow jersey. I really do see him cracking on those big, you know, oh, yeah, north yeah, yeah. of two thousand meter stages. So that's why, when it comes down to it, my head said Egan Bernal for the win, but I really think that somebody like Thibaut Pino could take advantage this year. And actually, if I'm being completely honest, I'm like you. I frankly don't have a clue who's going to win, and that's kind of fantastic. It is, it is, and I suppose it, it it's it's the glass half empty, half full option, and um, because we've got so many contenders, we're kind of going, well, maybe you know. And the one person we haven't mentioned so far in any of this is Jakob Fulsang. Um, he's had the season; he's had the most complete season for any of the GC riders so far. Um, classic wins, you know, he's been riding well all season long, and probably three-star favorite four-star favorite you know you wouldn't be you wouldn't be surprised if someone said three-star you wouldn't be surprised if you said four-star but he's the only one of all the GC's contenders that I would say has put together what would look like a good season building towards his Tour of France I think that's why probably he's 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 among the the favorites but I think yeah maybe again the Valverde thing the stages above 2000 meters and stuff like that I don't know if they'll suit him and if you look back on previous results he hasn't been great like he's been he's been there and thereabouts but and he's another one who's not getting any younger no 34 34 yeah. like um you know he, and he's showing form like he won Dauphiné again um but there's a bit of a and he won the Dauphiné very well yeah yeah, completely in control, but there's a huge difference between that and the tour. There is, but again, um, Astana looked like a, a complete team. Um, I suppose the only one that I would be worried about would be Bilbao, who's come from Giro. But, you know, uh, Luis Leo Sanchez, Omar Frail, Nielsen, Lusenko, you know, yeah. if they, and they, 
the one thing I will say about them, they go into race. They don't go into right tempo. They don't go into right threshold. They go to win stages. They go to take. They go to take things on. And again, they could be a force to mess things up and to throw, you know, throw things into the spokes. They they are a team that reflect their. Uh, Vinokuro's attitude towards racing to take it up and to race it from the front and to attack. Um, so they, yeah, they, again, they, they they could be an influence. I, to your earlier question, I'm going to go. Adam Yates, Bernal, Fulsang, Quintana, and Bargi. Yeah, no, that's good. Actually, Barkey's a, a good pick. I mean, he's in great form. He rode the, the French beautifully. Um, I'm, 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 I'm sticking with Thibaut Pino. Uh, the rest of it, I, it would just, in fact, even Thibaut Pino is just a random guess, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think, and I said this to Scott, I think it's entirely possible that given that hard weekend, we could see the jersey change hands once or twice in the last three days. Yeah. You know, it could be that tight. Um, and I hope it's that tight because it will give us a lot to talk about. But I think we should leave it there because I've got to I've got to bugger off and go somewhere. Where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> um, I'm hiding out on Twitter at Flamcast. Uh, and I'm at Velocast, John. Uh, if, you, if you want to hear, Derek will be joining us sometimes this year, uh, but we do our, our daily shows for the Velocast. You can go to velocast.cc and sign up for them. Um, it's it, one of my favourite times in the year, actually, is, is the daily shows, be it for the Giro or the you know the Vuelta or indeed the Tour de France, because you really do get in a rhythm and follow the, the overarching narrative of the race. Um, walka, you walka, and I walka. should try to get together a couple of times during the race for, for the Flamcat. It's been too long since last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we should do. I just... Uh, with John recording so much, guys, uh, you know, he does daily shows, even does stuff on rest days and stuff like that. I just felt it a little bit too unfair for him to be recording two shows in some days. So we've just kind of let, let it lie. Uh, the other thing I just want to move, uh, just mention, John, um, Scott is doing a lot of new merchandise on the Velocast shop. Where is that Velocast shop? Oh, it's at shop.velocast.cc. And God bless you, son. Um, there's one, I mean, my, by far my favourite is... Um, there's a T-shirt which is the the five-time winners of the tour, which just you know it's it's Oncatil, Merckx, Eno, Indurain, and then just a big redacted. Yeah. Which is it looks a lot better than it sounds, but Scott's on Fireways designs and they're selling really well. So uh, I'll chuck you that fiver for mentioning them, mate. No problems, no problems. There'll be an affiliate link on the site now shortly. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, we'll try and record over over the 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 few days of of the of the Grand Tour of the tour. Oh, it's it's tomorrow it's no saturday isn't it it's saturday and when i recorded with scott yesterday he thought it was a week on saturday so we're all equally confused um i and that's part of the thing you need to get into the rhythm we've got a sprint stage there's no prologue on saturday we get the team time trial on sunday um so there's going to be some shifts in that second day that team time trial is going to be worth watching and the sprint stage as well and the lack of those giants of the recent past yeah. It's going to be interesting to see who who breaks through. I think this is a tour for Elia Viviani. I think he will be super motivated after his poor performance at the Giro. And I think we'll see, for me, he's the rider of class in that field with Sam sitting at home nursing his Irish champion's jersey. 
So two questions for you before we finish up. Who's going to win the first stage and who's going to win the team time trial? Uh, Viviani's going to win the first stage and Mitch Toll and Scott are going to win the team time trial. Third question. Who's going to lose the team time trial? Uh, I think you nailed it. I think I think Vincenzo Nibali is the one that potentially is going to look at shipping a lot of time. Um, and I think Nibali, if, if he's there with serious intent, and I think the Giro Tour double, it might be more sense for him to... to go up against Alaphilippe for the mountains jersey, say. But if he's there with real intent, I think that team will have to keep him in touch because what he'll do is luck. You know, he'll let the others work each other over, maybe do the odd exploratory dig to, to lighten things up and look to come good in that really hard third week because um, it is a brutally hard third week, just like the Giro. So the team time trial, besides who wins, my big look will be, you know, what happens with Barry and Merida. Okay, I think Caleb Ewan's going to win the first stage. Mm-hmm. I think Ineos will win the team time trial. Mm-hmm. And I think our other um, Arabian colleagues, uh, UAE, will be the big losers in the team time trial. Have you seen this kit this year? Yeah. If Well, the, the, the kit for the tour, let's just hope it doesn't rain. It's, it's all white, yeah. And you're going to see bollocks and arseholes galore if it rains. <laughs> Which some people may like, you know. Whatever floats your boat. And on that note, let's end it there. <laughs>